welcome back to the So Damn Worthy podcast. Today I am joined by Holly and Rachel. Sorry, let me pause real quick. I've skipped over a very important message for you guys. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> now back into it. Um, today we're joined by Holly and Rachel. They are sex therapists and intimacy specialists. That is a mouthful. Um, they're working to sexually empower couples and women. They have worked with hundreds of their clients to help them rediscover their pleasure and redefine their sex lives today. It's a juicy one, guys. Today, we'll be discussing how you can use self-pleasure and boundaries to build self-love and improve your relationship. I'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the So Damn Worthy podcast. I am your host, Nylita. Join me and my guests as we share our stories, experiences, and knowledge with the intention of increasing your self-worth so that you can finally recognize that you are so damn worthy. Welcome to the So Damn Worthy podcast, Holly and Rachel. Um, if you guys could just give yourself a little intro- introduction to the audience, that'd be amazing. So, <laughs> I'm Rachel, um, I am a registered counsellor and I'm an intimacy and embodiment coach and we, um, well I'm one half of the Hormone Hub. Yeah, and I'm also an intimacy coach, um, I started off with life coaching and then I trained as a therapist and now together we're doing our intimacy coaching as our specialty with our work and lots of other bits as well, but that's the kind of the main focus of what we do. Amazing. And why the name the Hormone Hub? Um, we just, <laughs> when we first decided, it was because we wanted to focus on women, was kind of our initial drive was focusing on women and just the issues that are not discussed. So we were, like, we still are very passionate about talking about periods and mm. um, female self pleasure and female intimacy. And we were kind of like, they're all about hormones. Mm. Um, so it was kind of just keeping it broad at that point because we weren't a hundred percent sure where we were gonna where we were gonna go. So it kind of covered okay. it <laughs> And what what does the process for your kind of audience look like then once they've entered the hormone hub, they've gone connected with you guys? What exactly is it that you do to kind of help them with that journey? So there's there's a number of things that our clients can do. So once because on Insta, once they connect on Instagram depending on what their needs are. So a lot of women, um, a lot of women do our self-pleasure course, which is all completely online, self-led. Um, and that is, that's more about women who um, have less of a connection with themselves, with their own bodies, maybe like a lack of self-love. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where a lot, that's where we signpost a lot of women initially. Um, but then the other part of it is working with us one-to-one. So either, so we have a lot of um, female clients, um, but we also have couples that come to us. So if there's any, you know, couples are experiencing kind of communication issues in their relationships or any sort of blocks around sex and intimacy, vulnerability, um, they can come to us for like focused one-to-one therapy. Um, mm. And then we help them that way. Amazing, amazing. So my first general question is, how can um, pleasuring yourself um, help you build self-love? Okay, so so in a massive way, to be honest, because I think when we look at um, when we look at self-care and self-love, a lot of the things that we think about that we believe are self-care, like getting our nails done. Um, or getting our hair done are actually Mm. potentially for other people because we want to look nice so that other people think we look nice and then we feel good. Um, Whereas 
certain elements of self-care are very much about and self-pleasure um so masturbation looks more like i want to have an orgasm um because i want a release so like a sexual release like i feel either just like tension because i am horny or maybe it is more i want to get to sleep or i'm stressed out and i know that's going to make mm -hmm. me feel a little bit better um yeah. so masturbation can actually be used as avoidance from self sometimes because it's like i'm stressed and i want to avoid the stress so i'm going to have an orgasm whereas self-pleasure is very much like the way that me and rachel talk through what self-pleasure is to us and how we kind of develop a practice of self-pleasure with our clients it's very much around becoming completely embodied in the experience of touch and sensation on your body um, mm. from the moment that self-pleasure starts to the moment that it finishes so it's not about you know putting on porn completely disconnecting from your body and then climaxing it's a lot more about going inwards is the kind yeah. of the self-love way of looking at self-pleasure i would say yeah. um and like you can absolutely have both practices in your life it's not like self-pleasure always has to look like taking an hour to be embodied but yeah. there's a lot of growth that can happen if you start to take time to just mm. notice what types of touch that you enjoy be like treating yourself with love so noticing you know when i when i touch like my when i touch my vulva do i go straight to my clitoris um or and would i be okay with my partner doing that or could i treat mm. my body with more love could i like run my hands up my thighs first mm. and warm my body up could i ask is my vulva actually ready for direct touch yet could i start on my feet and give myself a foot massage like how different could i make this look if i was actually using my hands to give myself love basically yeah i love that holly and i i love that you said also like just asking for permission because a lot of the times you kind of just go straight into it especially if you're doing it like specifically just to relieve stress you wouldn't really kind of warm yourself up to it right you just go straight into the deep end just want to have an orgasm and come just away from fall asleep like that's sometimes just the goal mad how, how we treat ourselves that way yet yeah, when if we were yeah. the partner, they do that we're like hold, hold on yeah like i'm not ready yeah yeah why do, we, why do we treat ourselves the same way that we don't want to be treated by other people yeah <laughs> and even you know like i from my past experience like i used to be completely disconnected to myself in my self-pleasure so i i know how that feels um yeah. sometimes i would be I would I know the kind of technique that's going to bring me to an orgasm and I wouldn't actually be enjoying any of the process I'd actually just right. be frustration like come on like a kind of frustrated yeah. energy to get to the orgasm because then I was going to have the orgasm go to sleep and mm. you know sometimes I could even hurt my body like sometimes yeah. after self-pleasure because I hadn't used lube or I hadn't warmed my body up um, like friction burn this like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not myself that is not like it's not love you know that is whatever that is that's not love in my body um, so true and it's definitely something that i like if i look back to when my self-pleasure and my self-pleasure used to always like if i look back 10 years ago it was always porn reliant as well so i'd always watch porn to have an orgasm pretty much 90 percent of the time um yeah i think that's me right now to be honest i think i'm slowly coming out of it but i feel like yeah. i can't like reach that climax without porn yeah and it's yeah. so, so yeah. when it comes to that, one of the um, one of the things of the reasons why that happens is because porn gives us a dopamine fix. So kind mm -hmm. of like when we scroll on social media, we get this dopamine fix, um, which is addictive. 
So dopamine's addictive. All dopamine does is it makes our body think, I want that again. But yeah. it necessarily it isn't necessarily the best route. Mm. So through that kind of, you know, watching porn turned me on, it gave me an orgasm, it gave me a dopamine fix. And then next time it came to that, I was like, I'll do that again because that was good. Um, yeah. And then we create this kind of habit cycle of that's what it looks like. And to break habits, we all find breaking habits uncomfortable because it's mm. different. So mm -hmm. it takes just a little bit of focus, even if it just looked like. And um, so one, some of the things we would suggest to our clients who are porn reliant in self-pleasure would be, you know, even just focusing on your breath whilst watching porn is bringing a layer of embodiment into that. So it's not just you're getting turned mm. on by that, you're bringing yeah. yourself into it. Um, yeah. And sometimes just little steps in the right direction can move you more towards being able to be turned on by yourself. Mm. And that kind of is the key. Like sometimes the block is, I'm really turned on by watching these two people have sex on my screen. But if I go in deeply into my body, I'm a bit disconnected and I don't really turn myself on. And there's some yeah. low self-esteem and stuff. And there's parts mm -hmm. of my body I don't want to touch or I don't like that much. Um, so it, there's so much to it, isn't yeah. there? It's such, it's such a big area. Yeah, yeah. I definitely... Solely on self-pleasure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really. I definitely feel a disconnection from myself on a day-to-day -day basis when I don't feel sexy or turned yeah. on by myself right like in tune with myself I guess you could say um and I guess that kind of that will also start with things like self-pleasure and stuff like that um yeah. but one thing we kind of touched on earlier a little bit that I kind of want to pull back towards was a boundary um so obviously creating boundaries in life is incredibly important and it kind of sets the precedent for how people will kind of approach you and how they'll deal with you um so how do you guys feel like having weak or even no boundaries affects your sex life whether that's in a relationship or just with yourself so in in a relationship having what the first thing i think that people actually mistake is that if someone is quite poor at setting boundaries they always feel that when they set a boundary with their partner that they're doing the partner a disservice that, mm. but that's the first belief that has to be broken yeah because what what actually happens is when you set boundaries with your partner it enriches the relationship mm. um because obviously then your partner as children like as mm. children need boundaries so that they feel safe yeah um, yeah and if there is no if there is weak boundaries in sex um with partners then what happens is you usually projection so usually you will start to resent your partner mm. um under that is a layer of it's actually not your partner that you're resenting it's you it's resentment of self because yeah. you can't you can't set the boundaries so therefore you you, you don't have trust in yourself mm. um, which is is so important because we need to feel safe not only in our relationships but first and foremost we need to feel safe in our own bodies and when there's a lack of boundaries, we can't do that. We can't feel yeah. safe. And therefore, if we can't feel safety, then if we go into sex with no boundaries, then we can't surrender. We can't enjoy it. We, we can't yeah. know what's pleasurable and what is not. Mm. Um, and then what that creates is trauma. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you go, for, I've been there myself, but, you know, years of not setting boundaries around sex. And I then just hated men. I hated myself. I didn't I didn't feel safe ever mm. um so it it impacted it, it's not just impacting relationships it will impact your whole life I yeah, think it's I probably one of the biggest yeah. most important yeah. things 
and I think this is just so important, oh, so, isn't it? Yeah. And in terms of, you know, someone, if we want to be respected, you know, we want to yeah. feel like respected in our relationship. When I started putting, like, I now have boundaries and my partner treats me completely different to how he used to treat me because I used <laughs> to give up the air that you can kind of treat me like shit. That's okay. I treat myself like shit. Like, that's mm. fine. And yeah. it's, it's only when I, like, and it's, it's hard, you know, it's really hard if you've been in a relationship and you haven't had boundaries to start putting them in but it's just starting somewhere yeah. potentially mm. with a no in terms of sex is a very good place mm. to start you know yeah no when the sex isn't based on your wants your willingness or your desire mm. then the answer mm. is no and to become comfortable with that no and what the no might bring um, yeah. because if you've been in you know if you've been in a relationship for eight years and you've never said no before um, or and you've used like oh I've got a bit of a headache I'm tired rather than no I actually just don't want to like you've always used excuses mm-hmm. rather than the firm no mm-hmm. um, no will trigger your partner to rebel probably in that mm-hmm. so they might get in a bad mood or be a bit off with you and it's like well that's not fair you know this doesn't feel fair um, yeah. that is just because you know they're scared of your boundary because it feels different to what they're used to and then you both yeah. have to work through that yeah. don't you because you know when we're not putting boundaries in place and we are people pleasing our partners in sex we cause a lot Mm -hmm. of damage to men because a lot of you know we've worked with a lot of couples and a lot of the time the men didn't actually realize that they were having sex with their wives or their partners Mm. who didn't want sex and they were quite traumatized by realizing that they'd been doing that and so there's two sides to it isn't there with yeah and it's about allowing our partners because i think a lot of the time with with people pleasing and or especially saying putting boundaries in around sex is that people think that they are protecting their partner but actually what we're doing when we don't say no is we are we are not allowing our partners to do their own work mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they you know people have to learn about boundaries and if we're just mm-hmm. if we're not putting any in then we are stopping their growth because they yeah through anything yeah, absolutely um yeah 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 and i definitely Self as well so mm. in terms of like what you had, you said about um so kind of with like I said about in self-pleasure to kind of ask yourself whether you're ready um mm-hmm. you can utilize that in so many ways during a day to mm. kind of look at like Rachel used an example once with like you, you tell it but oh, the tampon the tampon yeah um so I was on my period and I didn't I didn't ever stop really to think it's just I come on my period I go and put a tampon in and that's done and then I remember one day being in the toilet and I thought, I just asked myself, like, do I actually want a tampon in? Do I want to put something in my body? Yeah. Um, and the answer was no. Like, I just, I don't want to do it. Why am I doing this without a, a thought? Yeah. You know, mm. it's just, I'm so kind of common and it's it's little things like that where we don't really think too much about it. But when you ask yourself the question, does my vagina want this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just getting used to also having those boundaries with yourself um, to know what your body does and doesn't want. And to yeah. just communicate it with your partner. Yeah. If you're going to start working on boundaries, like have a plan for it first. Don't say like, I have a firm boundary around, you know, if you do this, then it's over. Because that's a bit too extreme, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you're not be willing to see that through. So you have to be aware of, you know, so if someone does break my boundary, then what would what would be the result of that? Like, do I want some space? Like, what do I then need if that happens? Mm-hmm. Or do maybe I do want to end the relationship, but you need to be firm on kind of 
what that looks like if that boundary is broken for you before you're in this trigger of the moment and you're like okay I really don't know what to do now my boundary's been broken yeah. um, and I don't know where to go next here so I think like communicating that in the relationship and you know journaling making like a step-by-step plan around if you were to put a firm boundary in place what would you do if and do all the work before you're actually in the moment is another really good way of yeah. um, preparing yourself for it yeah I love that and I also think like you said earlier, but the fear of repercussion, because mm-hmm. especially if you've been in a relationship for so long and you've been, you know, you've been allowing your partner to do these things for so long. Oh, hello. <laughs> Join us. Hello. <laughs> He's always joining us. <laughs> so cute. Um, yeah. I completely gone on track now. Um, the fear of repercussions yes and I think when you're in a relationship and you've allowing you've allowed your partner to do something for so long and you kind of got a momentum going for this one thing right your partner knows that this one thing will kind of hit the spot when it doesn't actually and you haven't had that conversation with them and I think I think for a lot of people when they get in those predicaments and you get to that point of frustration like you were saying um Rachel it's kind of a little bit of resentment kind of starts to add in a little bit and you're like okay I'm starting to hate this person or I'm not happy with this and you start to reflect on your entire relationship and really it's actually just one thing that you haven't set that boundary in and I think for a lot of women it probably would be that uncomfortable conversation of one what is my boundary and yeah. two like you said Rachel when it um Holly once it's crossed where do we go from there like what does that conversation look like when that boundary has been crossed yeah and absolutely. I know for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable 10 years into my relationship, then coming up and being like, actually, I don't like what you've been doing for the past 10 years. Because yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think I might hit a sweet spot and you might look at me like, what? you've been lying yeah. this whole time. And yeah. it's like, I haven't been lying. I've just been trying to protect your feelings. But whilst yeah. doing that, I've been not being true to who I am and what I do and don't like. And sure. I think a lot of, it is a lot and I think also people need to kind of first discover what they actually do and don't like themselves yes. which then goes back to self-pleasuring yes. doesn't it it's learning yeah. what you like not masturbation but self-pleasuring learning what you enjoy and what your body does and doesn't like and what turns you on what turns you off and then finding a respectful and healthy way of communicating that with your partner a hundred percent I think things like mutual masturbation are a really good way yeah. of of mm. indirectly showing our partner exactly how we like to touch our own skin um, yeah. So if they were like quite sensitive and, you know, direct genital stimulation early on in kind of sexual play is too much. And then we touch mm-hmm. in our self-pleasure, we show that actually, no, we run our hands off our legs, like we, mm-hmm. we incorporate our whole body. They're more likely to be like, oh, she seems to really like that without mm-hmm. actually having to have maybe the uncomfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. But I do think the conversations are needed as well. Um, and yeah. I think it, I know that it's hard when, and I think it is just about, you know, because I'm in, I've been in my relationship for 11 years and um, definitely for the first seven, I was a deep people pleaser. And um, so we did go through that and I just had to yeah. say, I'm sorry. I just had to say, look, I'm really sorry. And I have, you know, you should, you, you have a right to be angry at me for being mm. a people pleaser and not being completely honest. But I didn't know myself. I hated yeah. myself a bit. I thought that was all acceptable. Um, but actually now, you know, our firm boundary will look like if I'm not in intense pleasure, then we will talk about it, you know, because we should both be really in pleasure in every moment. And if yeah. I'm not, I'll say something. And we have now created some really like deep communication around sex 
and he's mm. forgiven me and I as I've forgiven him for his stuff you know and we've worked through it but yeah. you have to have you know you have to both be open to that change mm. um and you have to both be willing to take a lot of ownership I think through mm. that um but I definitely agree you know things can change if we're yeah. both to be vulnerable mm. is basically the key vulnerability is everything I think um because yeah. often we don't and we're wrong or that we've been lying ourselves because it makes us feel like a bad person and so we'd prefer to kind of cover it up and keep going the way things were but actually that's doing ourselves a lot of damage as well so Mm, I definitely love that and I kind of want to touch a little bit on creating that boundary so what does that conversation look like for someone we touched on it a little bit but I kind of want to pinpoint this quite quite heavily here because I'm sure there's someone listening that's like okay I know I need to create the boundary and I've got little tips here but but I need like a solid what does that conversation look like with your partner um and how I mean you need to be as raw and honest as you can but yeah what does that conversation basically look like so I think that first of all what you you need to get to a space in your own head of like what is yours to own so Mm -hmm. rather than going in because a lot of people um, because it's easier to blame other people a lot of people go into these conversations and they will put their partners will get defensive immediately because Mm -hmm. what they will say is things like when you do this you make me feel Mm -hmm. right and there's ownership to that so i think the first key is a lot of like ownership of i just feel like i feel this way or Mm -hmm. when this happens this is how i feel um, and I think it, I think you need to get really clear first in your own mind, like in terms of stating very clearly the action. So what is happening and then state the feeling and then mm-hmm. state which outcome you want. Mm-hmm. So, so it's about following through on the process rather than like kind of just going in with very unclear um, yeah. information about, oh, I just, I, I just feel like this and I don't really know what to do with it. Get Mm. clear in your own mind about what it is, like when this happens and then the feeling comes, what will make that better? What is going to bring you more pleasure Mm -hmm. so that then you can give a direction? Yeah. So that then they're not they're not having to mind read and guess about what what it is you actually want. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so yeah, it's it's about being very sensitive. Um, because this is sensitive stuff, especially if someone's been people pleasing for years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about going into conversations, not when you're triggered, mm-hmm. because when you're if 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 someone is doing something to you that they normally do because you've people pleased, and then you're all you're feeling that all of that resentment and you're you're in that trigger, then that's not going to be the best time to start the conversation. Yeah, so yeah, I agree. Yeah, about yeah. you kind of taking some time and then starting it at a time when um when you're both calm yeah yeah and i think if if like it depends on what boundary you're working around um but i think there's there's ways of gradual like if people pleasing is the is the area say for example um Mm. and saying no in sex for example and no doesn't just mean no to sex no means no this isn't exactly what i want right now in this minute and i'd like you to do something else um yeah i think sex generally is probably the most triggering area of our life because we're so sensitive around it so if that was a problem for you maybe be like can i set myself a goal this week to say no to someone about something and um, mm. forget about my partner for now you know so we mm. one of our clients we were working with a couple of weeks ago said no to was it a pta, PTA, meeting. PTA meeting and she was really proud of herself and we were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just said no because i don't want to and it's like yeah 
that's the starting point, right? You have to you have to build up mm-hmm. some evidence to prove that this is okay. Like this doesn't make me a bad person. I'm not being selfish. I'm just going yeah. with my needs. Um, and I think finding like safer spaces to start is really important. And another boundary, well, it's not a boundary really, but another big thing around sex is kind of inability to use our voice. Mm. Um, mm speak up like in that moment where we're like this is a bit uncomfortable or this is a bit fast or I'd like things to slow down or whatever the thought is I think actually getting our voice out of our Mm. mouth is really hard for a lot of women because we're taught to be good and be quiet or whatever Um, 100% yeah I think it's like again if that's something that's there for you try to use your voice in you know like when you're with your friends and everyone has an opinion and yours is slightly different use it there Mm. use it somewhere that feels safer and build up some confidence and competence around mm. using your voice so that then when you are in a really vulnerable position, you know you can do it and then you do it and you know it it works. Um but I think yeah. it's about gradual steps because you don't want to just throw yourself in too much in the deep end um and then not be able to feel to do it, you know, and then feel bad about yourself. So it's also about knowing as well, because some people don't don't quite if if there's a disconnect with yourself, some people won't even know their own boundaries mm-hmm. so mm. that, that can become yeah. quite obvious if you take notice of what is going on during sex things like if you if you notice that you're physically holding your partner back yeah because you you then feel like you either feel unsafe or you think it's going to hurt mm-hmm. just noticing little things like that because then you can think oh why am i doing this yeah mm. you know yeah. there is there a boundary here that i haven't quite recognized yet yeah that that i can use my voice around yeah yeah um, that's because yeah sometimes we don't even know when you know if you're not used to setting boundaries sometimes we don't even know where the boundary is or what needs to happen yeah 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 Um, and it's hard you know sex is really complicated because we may not have experienced what sex actually feels like if it is deeply connected Mm. and and safe Mm. we may never like i think like enough for me there is nothing that's more of a turn on than just feeling safe Mm. once i feel safe i'm like everything else is fine you know i need and by safe i mean you know safe that you know safe i can use my voice without it triggering my partner safe Mm. that i can i will not get hurt safe that you know nothing will happen to me that i don't want to happen safe that i can be direct in my communication without being called bossy or you know mm, too demanding yeah, or, yeah. You know, safety is massive it doesn't just mean that you know safe of not being hurt is so much bigger than that um mm. and once i feel that safety then i can let go um but i think that's something that i wouldn't have recognized a long time ago mm. i wouldn't have even really understood that i would have just been like well i don't know what that feels like to have sex that's that's that like good and intimate yeah yeah and the best I've known is this so this is good too you know so it depends what you're comparing it to doesn't it yeah i think as well to expect resistance yes so yeah you need to go into when you're setting boundaries with mm-hmm. anyone and when when it's with your partner is to be fully aware that, that they are probably going to resist. They're probably going to not like you very much because they will see it, depending on how much work they've done, but they will see it as you're you're hurting me. Yeah. Like you yeah. are mm-hmm. you're not very nice to me with your boundaries. Yes. And you just have to go in fully expecting that the conversation probably isn't going to just be a lovely flowing yeah. Um, yeah. thing. It's it's gonna be quite because yeah. it's raw isn't it yeah and, and people really do resist boundaries. resistance is okay yeah. you know and 
about yeah. it is about the like with you know it's like with a child you know if i changed my daughter's bedtime to mm. seven o'clock tonight she's going to resist do you know what i mean she's going to have a tantrum she's going to say she hates me if i hold firm on that and there's a valid reason why i'm doing that give that three weeks she's going to accept it and then she'll she'll know yeah. her mm. is different um, but mm. I, I allow her to have that emotional reaction in a change. Um, and it's about allow it. We have to, to some degree, be able to be like loving and compassionate to our partner mm. through that resistance because we've created the reality. You know, yeah. if we're in that part and be like, not just not playing into that, you know, being like, I see that you're really angry at me. I understand why you are, you know, I, I get it. And mm. um, then it's easier than being like, well, if you didn't do this, this, and this, then, yeah. you know, it's, it just stepping yeah. out power battle can create the growth mm-hmm. but it's, it's easy to fall into that mm-hmm. so like being prepared for it mentally is definitely important <laughs> yeah i love the idea of um practicing outside of the bedroom first like that boundary like yeah. the lady with the pta meeting a yeah, fantastic yeah. example just i know for myself this week i had to set a boundary i'm myself just quite a people pleaser and i never really labeled myself as a people pleaser before because oh, that has okay. so many negative connotations around being a people pleaser so yeah. for me i was like i am not that that possibly mm-hmm. couldn't be me and then i got into a situation was like okay now you can speak up for yourself and i was like oh shit I'm yeah really uncomfortable doing that i was like maybe i'm a people pleaser and i had to go back and like look over things that i've done in the past and i was like you really are a people pleaser and it wasn't doing it because i wanted like people's approval for things it was more because i wanted to make everyone else happy and in wanting everyone else to be to be happy i was kind of putting myself down letting myself go a little bit um so prime example at work this week i've had to had a very uncomfortable uncomfortable conversation with my boss about how she sometimes can make me feel and um she was there was resistance that i was met with by her because i have created this reality like you were saying of like everything's right everything's perfect as long as you're happy i'm happy and we're great and everything's fantastic and then i'm hitting her with actually sometimes you're overwhelming and i don't feel like i have a voice at work and you say this is my department but i feel like sometimes you overstep your the line but i haven't created that boundary in the first place so it was like how did you know where the line was and you know I had to kind of go back to the drawing board with myself and I had to ask myself like Nadia what do you actually want to come from this role what do you want to achieve how do you want to achieve it and then how can she support you in achieving that rather than just her taking over completely and me just allowing it and saying everything is great so yeah yeah, it definitely starts outside and then kind of going in yeah it takes a lot you know and I think it's about picking one like picking one boundary you know lots Mm. of people have none pick one which is the thing that you know is the most important to you and really work on it you know really notice how it impacts your life notice what your life might look like if that was something that you were holding firm around and then choose one area that you could maybe implement that and just real gradually you know really gradually work through it and without pushing yourself so far that it's too uncomfortable because otherwise we we, we just fail and then we feel bad and we we just leave it Mm. and think oh i can't do that and so it's about giving yourself like little steps towards where you want to be mm. what that looks like yeah so when the women are creating that boundary for themselves like first acknowledging what that boundary actually looks like for them what kind of resistance do you feel like they can be met with then like what kind of i'd say barriers do you feel like they would face when identifying those boundaries for themselves because i know for me when i was first creating the boundary of um, my boss overstepping that that line 
I had to first ask myself, Nadia, what can you actually handle? Um, and what can I actually deal with myself? And do I feel ready to take on those responsibilities? Because I know for a fact that if I say to her, I no longer want your help, and she takes a step back, can I take on that load completely yeah. on my own? Right? Yeah. And it's like, because <laughs> you don't want to like shoot yourself in the foot. You want to be as honest as possible and you want to be open as possible, but you also don't want to yeah like basically shoot yourself in the foot you don't want to take that step back or ask them to take a step back and then you're left with this load that you can't carry yourself so yeah. when creating those boundaries what kind of barriers do you feel like women are going to face when doing that i think that a lot of um i think that there's a lot of fear for women around well not just women a lot of people actually around like mm. rejection like fears yeah. of being fears of setting a boundary and then being rejected mm. being abandoned um, yeah because can i just add something there yeah so because yeah that's definitely something we come across is that we're trying to work with women to implement a no say for example in sex but then mm -hmm. we flip that situation around and then they're like but if my partner rejected me i couldn't yes. handle it um so first yeah be able to see it yeah. not as a rejection but if we yeah. can't handle no ourselves, we're not in a space to be implementing it externally so we have to be able to take it on ourselves yeah. um and not be, we have to be, we can't be a hypocrite because if, yeah. if we're acting one way, then we, we're not going to expect someone to not act the same way towards us. Yeah. So that is really important, yeah. isn't it? Noticing that yeah. dynamic. And I think resistance around that would come up, like in when thinking about boundaries, when if you get to a point where you notice that you can't quite respect other people's boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that creates a lot of internal resistance, like, yeah. because how can you set your own if you don't respect others? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I think there's stuff around like noticing how you feel in a response. Like, so say you put a boundary in place, like say one of your friends messaged you and said, you know, do you want to come around for a cup of tea? And you're just like, I don't want to right now. Like, I like I'm happy on my own, um, but I can just say no. And I don't need to say no because I'm busy or no because mm. like, and I just mm. say, once I've sent that message away, what do I feel? Do I feel like I'm being rude? Um, so rudeness is something that's really common that I feel like I'm being rude I feel yeah. like I'm being nasty I feel guilty mm -hmm. I feel like I've hurt someone else's feelings um, I feel like like just so many things yeah. that we feel so yeah. no in on what are the beliefs that you're telling yourself that your no creates um, and try to break down those beliefs um, mm. because if you still believe that by you saying no you're going to hurt someone else then you're going to continue not liking saying no mm yeah that's so true that's so true um i want to kind of but then that's their work yeah <laughs> exactly so. yeah yeah and i think a lot of the time especially with people pleasers we don't acknowledge that other people need to work on themselves as well yeah. um and that's one thing that i definitely identified for myself is like i do quite a bit of work on myself and i'm actively trying to be the best version of myself possible all the time and i do yeah. have step backs because we're all human um yeah. but one thing i i sometimes i'm learning to now but i didn't before was identify that actually other people need to work on themselves as well so maybe you going to your partner and saying you know what we've been trying this thing and i'm not happy with this and i would really love if we tried to pivot this way how your partner reacts to something that you can't control and yeah you've also got to identify that maybe that person needs to kind of work on themselves too. And it's not all my fault and I can't take every single thing on um, yeah. as a me problem. 
do you find that often with your clients as well like they're like it's all me it, it has to be me this is why this goes this work goes so deep because yeah it's it then just it doesn't just become about sex it becomes about every every like every facet of life so you you get your like attachment styles for example comes into it um mm. what what your relationship with your caregivers were like when you were a child because when you've been conditioned in in a certain way then you will be a certain way and then with so yeah. with that like taking on the emotional load of your partners and then you get into push pull dynamics you get into mother child mm. relationships in your relationship and mm-hmm. it, it, it gets yeah. bigger and bigger it really does and bigger. Like, sex um, is very much it's sex is a good area because it's so focused but from from someone's sex life you can pretty much tell how the every area of their life is yeah. which is why it's so fascinating yeah. especially <laughs> sex and stuff yeah. that's always our shadow self like always our fantasies are part of our shadow and always yeah. like, things that we can't do in sex are the things you can't do in life and it's, it's very reflective mm. um, and if you can get your sex on point generally the rest of your life probably will be too because it always very interlinked and um, mm. so it's, it's a powerful area um but yeah this is just the note of nancy and me but have you ever had a client who's like i want to introduce like bdsm into my relationship but my partner is so not for that have you ever had that kind of situation before? And similar, yes, yes, we have actually. Yeah. yeah. Like in certain, as in certain elements of it, like we've had somebody mm. worked with in terms of like restraints and things like that. And they're just like, it's not, that's not for me because I'm all about the, um, I mean, like she was all about it, the intimacy mm. and the connection. And she mm. felt like BDSM was more, because it is more of a kink. Um, it's not so much about the two people coming together it's more about something external isn't it to to bring something different to the relationship um mm. we get the most common one we get is um around desires around mm. men actually having a certain desire and having a fantasy and never being able to tell their their mm. partner about that right because yeah because they're so ashamed to have that fantasy yeah fantasies so that's quite mm. common and it, and it, because of because often with our fantasies and BDSM is part is part of that because fan, it is fantasy play generally mm-hmm. generally it depends what element you're looking at but like say you were going to be using say it was going to be kind of things like you know restraints or whips or something that's kind of um dominating like mm-hmm. airing on being dominant the partner wants to be dominant then mm-hmm. that is playing into the fantasy that you know I want to be dominant in this fantasy um, yeah is you know will then probably be linked to something about their their actual personality and mm. um, so often mm. like quite often or nearly always I, like i struggle to find <laughs> anyone that's not the case but usually yeah. our sexual especially like our real hidden sexual fantasies like the the things we watch on porn that we wouldn't share with our partners if there are any they're generally yeah. the things <laughs> generally the things that are the main thing um <laughs> And usually those things are based on an aspect of our personality that we've suppressed so deeply um, right. so ashamed of it that it actually turns us on when we add some sexual energy to it. So in mm. normal, say, for example, like humiliation, use that for an example, um, humiliation sex. So if you are a person who would utterly hate to ever be humiliated in public, like embarrassment is your worst feeling, then there's a chance that bring some sexual energy to that and take everyone away the thought of you being slightly humiliated in sex may be an utter turn on but you would never share that with anyone because you're so ashamed of that part of yourself if that makes sense wow. so it's okay i never thought about it like that 
yeah it's interesting and like men so a common one with men is cuckold fantasy um Mm. and often if you find a man who has a cuckold fantasy there is an underlining hate of feeling jealousy Mm. so they they are Mm. a jealous person they hate being a jealous person add some sexual energy to it and it's now their fantasy to watch their wife have sex with someone else because it gives loads of jealousy Mm. which turns them on in the right setting Um, but they're ashamed of it and then they probably won't share it with their partner they feel like it's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, so it's so interesting. Like, I so love fantasy. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, That's we know really, I think forgot about it. You're also ashamed because, you know, you're, you're probably more ashamed of your sexual fantasy than anyone else because it probably is your shadow, whereas mm. other people would probably be mm. way more of it. Um, it just takes, like, it's, it takes, it takes courage to yeah. share that stuff because yeah. it is parts of us that we, we deem as unacceptable. unacceptable. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it also goes back to being safe in your relationship, right? Like creating that safe space. And also, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I feel like sex is so, such a taboo relation, like conversation. It's so, nowadays it's a bit more common. It's less kind of shunned upon now, but it's been so like, we do not talk about sex on the internet. We do not talk about it outside your home. It is only for you and your partner. And I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because I'm really hoping that someone listening to this that's gonna go, oh my God, this is what yeah. I needed to hear. <laughs> and they'll kind of find their way to you guys. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Like this is, yeah, I'm very grateful right now that we're having this conversation because it's helping me as well kind of grow on that little journey because I definitely started off a little bit later in life in terms of my sex life I was with my first part I've only had one boyfriend in my life and I we weren't intimate and it was only as I started kind of going on in my life I think I'd say about 22 Mm. um someone who I've known since I was like 18 17 yeah about 17 18 I was intimate with him and he wasn't my partner but I never really had a relationship with him um, mm. We had a relationship as like in terms of friendships, but we never had a relationship in like an intimate relationship. And yeah. I wish this kind of conversation was around to kind of guide me a little bit more because there were so many things I wanted to explore and yeah. do that yeah. I never even thought of doing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it just it was never a conversation around then. And my mom, bless her, she's very open. And we're, we're my mom's my best friend, so she was quite open with me about certain things. But there were certain things that I like. I was like, I can't really that conversation with my mum about you know being yeah. tied up can I <laughs> be a bit weird um well, yeah. I I'd, I'd argue that but yeah <laughs> I do think that you know I think I think it's like all of it you know even the fact that we find it embarrassing with our parents that is shame right so they're mm. that is still saying there's something shameful about something which is just should just be love and connection right yeah. so if you were to remove it all like my me and my daughter have my daughter's eight and you know, I'm I'm constantly trying to educate her around section in a way that I hope that she can come to me, and um, because yeah. I hope I've managed to raise her in a way that she just sees sex the same as talking to me about her relationship. Like you know, we had a fight about yeah. something. We had sex last night. It really hurt, mum. And what was that? You know, like I want her to be able to talk to me and about pleasure yeah. or about the fact she wants to go and buy a sex toy. You know, I feel like why is it a shame? Like why are we exactly. ashamed? Only because we've learned to be. Um, yeah. but it doesn't have to be that way um, and I know yeah. it's breaking through a lot of what society tells mm. us to be and it's hard but we can you know if we try to break through gradually hopefully you can get there um, yeah. because if there was no shame on sex then you know sex wouldn't have such a dark side to it either mm. you know it's only the sex only has such a dark side because everyone's hiding it 
And so I think agreed. Yeah. Agreed out into the open is is very positive for would be positive for I I think like the whole world around yeah. so like even things like rape and all the kind of things that go on mm-hmm. uh, probably would be lessened if set, just like drugs right if it was brought into, into the open and wasn't so shamed things would be dealt with better I, I believe but yeah I agree I definitely agree and I'm glad I'm, I'm I, can, <laughs> I can definitely be grateful now that um kind of what you're saying Holly is my my mum and I our relationship now is I can tell her everything yeah i'm so grateful that i can tell her everything like you're saying like i can tell her just pop the sex shop mom and i bought this This yeah yeah conversations with her now but back then it was very like and even as close as we were we spent like so much time together and we were literally we are best friends but that felt like that line that i couldn't cross because it was like what can you tell your parent like this is awkward it's a weird thing to say or not um and I feel like she kind of caught on to that which I'm very grateful for she caught on to that and was a bit like what's going on in your sex life <laughs> um, yeah oh, let's have that conversation and I've told her about all of my partners now so it's just like I'm so it's amazing glad that we're having these conversations because it's good to make it normal we should normalize having yeah. these conversations and like I was saying it affects every area of your life it's not just in the bedroom behind closed doors and when you come out you're a different person and you carry that with you through everything that you do and it's so good to kind of yeah just make this a normal conversation so sorry we're on a tangent but I'm really happy that we're having this conversation (laughs) the the shame we put onto sex is is you know the the lack of just the lack of chatting about it it's like you know if Mm. we were you know like me and Rach obviously talk about it all the time (laughs) like (laughs) we're in and out work like we are always because we are obsessed with it just because it is like it's our career it's like it's everything um yeah unhealthy but um it's it opens your eyes because it's like if you do have friends that you can say do you know what like I had this really weird fantasy last night that I wanted this weird thing and yeah you know, did it and it was actually really fun then your friend might be like oh like I might try that that yeah. sounds fun mm-hmm. and then we open we open up our doors to just opportunities to try different stuff because I think with like especially women I feel like we you know I didn't know what my fantasies or my desires were you know if I go back like four, only four years I had no idea like I, I thought I liked sex but I didn't have any like hot, I never used to have hot thoughts about role plays and crazy things that I'd like to do because my mind mm. just didn't go to those places but mm. when they do you can make sex like fun as well like it can be imaginative yeah fun and there's there's two elements of sex you know there's the deep intimacy connection that we can allow like it can make a relationship thrive but there is also just having loads of fun and like we need yeah. both of those in our life um, and sex can bring all of that but it's about you know feeling actually just making space to notice things because you know I didn't have any idea of like the potential my body had to, to experience pleasure I didn't know the ways I liked being mm. touched I didn't know the the words that would turn me on, you know, the things that my partner needed to say verbally to me for me to surrender, the touches I needed to surrender, like none of this stuff was even there for me. So I went into sex with a limited view and I had a limited experience. Um, Mm. But I think once you open and just have chats, just having loads of chats with your friends and stuff, it gives you more perspectives. And at the moment, a lot of people never talk about sex to anyone. So they are living their entire sexual reality based on one perspective, which is their own and potentially yeah. their own because of modeling. Um, but if you were to talk to like 
like we have, you know, yeah. three, 500 people about sex, you start to be like, wow, like, you know, this is so interesting. Mm. And there's so many false beliefs on yeah. around sex, you know, the false beliefs that we create around sex are huge. Um, That's why I love what we do. Because yeah. there's so many clients that we get come to us, so many women that say, oh, I, I can't really identify anyone in my life, not even in my friend group that I would talk to about talk talk about this stuff to. Mm. Um, yeah. Because yeah. people would they just don't talk about it. Which I actually at first when I first started doing this this work, I, I just thought, oh my God, I don't I believe that there's people out there that yeah. that don't have people to talk to. Because me and Holly have been open since the day we I think the first conversation we had was about self pleasure. Yeah when we were like we, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah it actually was yeah. the whole happened <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, to think that there's like people out there that that feel mm. not even comfortable enough to talk to their friends about it. Yeah. And then that's why I, I love the job, the work so much, is because we can mm. create a safe space for them to talk to us mm. and be normalised that way when they if they don't have anywhere else that they can go that's safe. Yeah. And men, like I'm working yeah. with men because I think men there's so many false beliefs that men carry around sex, like. Um, like the fact that you know good sex is because of penis size mm. and stamina like which is apparently yeah. <laughs> men believe that you know? men yeah. believe it. and then like they're then because they believe that's true they're not looking into the well what about if we had some eye contact or what about if we talked first and connected first because they they are wanting to act like generally we both want to please each other right men want to go into mm. it and satisfy a woman women want to satisfy a man we want to satisfy ourselves but i think because we have all this these lies that we say that is what makes good yeah. sex we need to break through all the crap so that we can actually work out what does make good sex for us mm. and then just mm. have those like real open conversations and just try stuff like trying things is mm. so valuable you know um and there's so many different ways that you can work around intimacy like me and Rachel work in so many different ways like we went like la I think it was last week we we took like one of the ladies who's a client we took her naked river swimming with us because she has wow. she has body con she was like aware that she felt um, yeah. so in her body and we talked to her about it she's very mindful and very open for challenging herself um, mm. so we did it and it was really empowering yeah. like it really did feel empowering mm. Um, and there's a million different ways you can address this stuff, you know, and sometimes yeah. the client to talk to us about sex on a really deep level. Like if I was to say to you, you know, tell me the last time that you self-pleasured, like everything that you did, um, like how did that look, you know, what, and clients are like, oh my God, I don't want to share that with you. Like that feels really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Once they overcome the discomfort with sharing it with me and Rach, they've created mm -hmm. a bit of a container that then makes it a little bit more comfortable mm. when they then share that yeah. with their partner. So there's value in just the bravery of just talking the, the actual details yeah. of sex. Yeah. Because we might say we had great sex, but we might not be willing to say, you know, my partner slowly fingered me last night and I had this whatever, you know, we'd be yeah. So it's about overcoming the blocks that we have around the different we kind of think there's like lines don't we yeah like we invisible lines yeah like with one friend we might be like we'd say we had great sex with another friend we might share a little bit more yeah. you know with someone else we might share a little bit more I do that. We, we, get our, yeah. we get our clients to share don't we yeah. Like just to yeah. get them just to get them used to breaking down the shame around yeah. sharing stuff yeah. that's normal and human yeah 
Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely think my friend circle, we're all very open with sex. <laughs> <laughs> we're all very like, what did you do last night? She's like, well, girl, you did this and you did yeah, this. And we're like, okay. <laughs> that's amazing. You have that. I think. Yeah. Really I'm, cool. Yeah. I'm very grateful. I've got one friend who's who's probably the most open about her sexual experiences with all of us and I think having her in my life has generally allowed me to be like oh my god this is normal okay I can talk about these things okay cool so this has happened and this has happened and this has happened because I've grown up in a very Christian household and although it wasn't a taboo subject with my parents it was a taboo subject within the family and as a collective that kind of made me feel like I shouldn't speak about these sort of things. So then when I've gone into my friend circles and they're all like, oh my God, I did this and this happened and I didn't didn't like this. And I was like, oh my God, what is this thing you're talking about? Like anal, that was a new thing for me. I've never had that conversation. And I've never, I've never done it before, but I've yeah. never had the conversation about what it feels like. And yeah. it was all you do not touch that because that is where the poop comes out and that is a no-go zone and then yeah. I had a friend that was like she's very French and she was like no I do it all the time and I was like you what I was like you what <laughs> she was like yeah she was like I like it and it feels good to me and I enjoy it yeah. and it's yeah. mutual and it's respectful and he's he's compassionate yeah. with the way that he approaches me and I was like oh my god like that's actually an option and she was like yeah yeah it's a norm for me so now I'm hearing these things I'm like oh my god I can explore a little bit more I can venture into these things and it's like it's good to know that they're they're no longer just like you know behind closed doors with your partner and that's it that we're bringing it into the girlfriend circle now and we're we're exposing it to everyone and it's it's yeah. fantastic I'm glad you are and that's that spot on what you said as well about what it's like a snowball effect isn't it and giving it, it gives others permission yeah so 100% like, we're, when we see other people having the conversation yeah. and doing the work and 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 talking about all the things then we kind of realize oh i can do this too yeah and yeah. then it just it, it it's a ripple yeah. effect it yeah it's, it's, absolutely it's, does like it's so powerful mm. yeah well ladies i've enjoyed my time with you but i'm going to throw some rapid fire questions at you so i've got five questions um you can answer them as long as you want if you expand if you want to expand or we can answer them in short sentences it's completely up to you okay both answering both or are we taking it in turns Uh, let's see both of you answering you can chip in together okay cool okay question one um what do you hope to rediscover about yourself oh what do i hope to rediscover about myself rediscover or discover for the first time so Okay, so my just my initial answer to that is that I like my goal, I guess, is to be completely liberated in the sense of every mm. single choice that I make is attuned to what I want um, yes. and to, to live my life completely authentically. Mm. That's that. that would be rediscovering because I've never been that. That's my goal. Mm. <laughs> that would be mm. discovering. Yeah. Matron, what about you? For me, um, just the first initial thing that came to mind was about pleasure. So I believe that pleasure is like deep as infinity. I believe it yeah. never ends. And I think that there are there are a million different ways to discover and rediscover and redefine what pleasure is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I want to get to a point in my life where everything I do is just for pleasure. I yeah. just, ev- my yeah. life pleasurable yeah <laughs> the, yeah i, I was talking about ollie about this the other day and i was saying imagine if i got to this state where i'm just so in pleasure i'm just orgasming constantly on the floor all the time 
I don't even eat anymore. I don't even eat. <laughs> we were away orgasming. And it's like you're dying. Like, I don't know what to do with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to continue to discover um, pleasure in as many different mm, ways I like as that. I can in mm. this life. Yes, that's mm. cool. I like that. I love that. What has life taught you guys so far? Um. So... I, I think the thing that comes to my mind just because of my past, um, which has a trauma within it, is that um, we have like traumas in our life are there to make us grow. And mm. that, you know, I'm actually grateful for my traumas in my life now because I, I'm fully aware that a trauma happens when I don't grow actively. So if I don't grow actively, mm. it me and then I have to grow, right? So I feel like I've learned if I don't want traumas in my life, I will always be working on myself. Um, Love yeah, that. That's mm. what I think, yeah. I think for me, the most... Uh, mine's probably around boundaries. And that life has taught me that setting boundaries is probably the most worthwhile thing that anyone can ever do for themselves and others. Mm. Um, it, because, and again, that's based on my, my previous life of people pleasing everyone um, mm. not having boundaries mm -hmm. and so yeah is to continue to set my boundaries and to continue to use my voice and that yeah mm. that's a worthwhile thing I, I think, think the other thing as well just to add one more that life has taught me is that like we're all free like I yeah. used to that I wasn't and then I was like my life looks the same in yeah. as in I live house and this, but then it's like the moment we choose to just do what the hell we want and to find pleasure in every day then we yeah. find in our life and I think it's a choice not a change like it's not like mm. things have to look different outwardsy but we can all choose mm. to mm -hmm. be you know, to make those choices and be free in our lives and our choices yeah amazing what does happiness mean to you for me happiness is in the most simple things mm. so i and i'm really grateful for this actually that i find happiness like the the i the first thing i do usually is when i get up and sort myself out i'll go and make a cup of tea and it's the like being like sitting in my place and it just all being calm mm. and just having my first sip of tea like a breeze yeah. yeah or like yeah. Just, like there's this place um, near to me where I get I'm addicted to their rocky road like it's an actual addiction I need to deal with it um but like sitting down like with having a book just yeah, having a really yeah. good book and just eating yeah it. it's yeah. the simplest thing yeah. that's, um mean like they mean everything to me yeah I um, understand. yeah that's so I think that's what it is I think for me um happiness was learning and is the learning that it's like not looking to the past and not thinking my happiness sits somewhere in the future but mm. to actually just be so content with the now like rather than yeah. thinking i'll be happy when mm. but be like actually like i have enough and i can be happy now um, mm. and learning that skill took me a while because i used to always look forward to thinking oh well, but then when i have that thing that will be happiness mm. um but i do feel like i am able to now be grateful for just the day that i have yeah and find mm -hmm. happiness in little things as well yeah like you know love love is happiness to me probably like loving myself and loving people around me yeah how do you guys quiet your negative inner voice um listen to it mm. <laughs> like mm. stop avoiding it like stop stop being busy stop doing stuff 
um, and just sit with it, acknowledge it, accept that it's okay that we aren't always going to be thinking positively about everything and yeah. like accept that part of myself in um, and then maybe work on, you know, shifting it to something more positive or changing it. But I think yeah. the first thing is just to acknowledge we none of us are going to be all good and all happiness. Like we're we're going to be half dark and like yeah. we need to be loved too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That definitely helped me yeah. with my negative stuff. Mine's pretty similar. I, I don't really do anything to stop it. I just, if it's mm. there, I, I listen to what it has to say um, because mm. it's really important. And But also it's about, it's about shifting. So I don't try and get rid of the negative thoughts or the negative voice, but right. I, try, I try and listen to them. So then I become conscious. So mm. because it's a difference, isn't there, between yeah. just just negatively constantly in your head negative and you're not even aware that you're yeah, doing it yeah yeah so what is one once you become conscious and aware then you can choose so then yeah, you're yeah. like i can follow this thought if i want to and it's negative and that's fine because maybe it's there for a reason or if it you know if it's time now because i'm conscious and aware i'm gonna consciously shift out of that yeah yeah um, uh-huh totally yeah i don't yeah not get yeah. yeah and what advice would you give to anyone on their journey to rediscovering self-worth um to just keep going yeah <laughs> just yeah that, that just do one thing just do, like it's, it's all about the tiny little things whether it's just having a glass of water when you wake up or writing one thing you love about yourself in a journal or looking yourself in the mirror and saying mm. i forgive myself like do pick one practice look into all of them mm. pick one and start your journey by doing one new thing every day. And if you do one different thing every day, you will change. Mm, and yeah. then you're inspired to do the next new thing. And you will then see the impact because I think, you know, we all can change. Like, you mm. know, we, if you hate yourself, I hated myself for a long period of my life. And now I do love who I am and I'd never change it for the world. But that is, everyone can do that. You know, we can all learn to love ourselves if we just put in the work. Mm. It's the work, isn't it? Yeah. It's, the willingness and the want yeah and the courage to to do it because it takes courage it takes it takes yeah. bravery to yeah. because it's it's not it's not just like a love and light and no like yeah, yeah. handles like it's it's not that it's it's yeah. the hard stuff that it has is. the most impact and, and i think it's getting to that stage i think like when it comes to self-love and self-worth you have to be at that stage in your life where you're ready to say i'm not mm -hmm. a victim my life anymore yeah. i take yeah. full ownership and responsibility for everything i've created and now i'm going to do the work mm. rather than well if it weren't for my partner doing this i wouldn't be so this and like when you move yeah. game, you create space to actually love yourself mm. but often we're just so caught up on hating everyone mm. else that we don't allow the space we actually need to look inwards so mm. i think there's yeah. always moving out of victim is a hard one when you're there i've been there like <laughs> and yeah it's worth the journey so yeah mm. Oh, you guys have been absolutely amazing. Where can my audience find you? Um, so you can follow us on Instagram at the underscore hormone underscore hub. Um, mm -hmm. And then all our online courses. So we have, we've got the self-pleasure course. Um, and then we've got some tantra courses. We've got some like couples based courses which are looking at like desires and fantasies for couples to do together and um, mm -hmm. which are kind of about creating that space that feels safe mm -hmm. to take those first steps into that stuff if it's new for you um, yeah. so all of our courses are available on our app and the link for our app is on our instagram um, 
and you can or if you wanted to work with us one-to-one -one, you can email us at the hormone hub at outlook.com amazing ladies thank you so 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 much for having this conversation with me and spending time with me i really really appreciate it and this conversation is definitely key it's so it's so important and it needs to be had more often so yeah i'm very grateful that you guys took the time to spend today with me so thank you so much